HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. This week, Meat and Three is taking you to market and all over the world, from Newfoundland to Tunisia. A lot of us think of, you know, the British Empire trading things like spices and sugar and silk. But you write that it actually began with salt cod from Newfoundland. (laughs) There was a port closure in Tunisia, which was horrible. I mean, it was months, boats just setting on the water waiting to go and they couldn't go anywhere. And we'll learn about how markets have changed, whether because of their customers or the climate. A few years ago, something around 10 years, it was totally different. It almost manifests itself to almost smelling like an old fire pit. When you Mm -hmm. put it out, it has that sort of charcoal-y smell to it. It's not good for wine. Join us this week on Meat and 3 for our global market tour. And don't forget to subscribe to Meat and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson, one of your hosts of Happy Hour, here with my lovely co-host, Katie Mosen-Wadler and Hannah Forden. Hey, Kat. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, We have some first-time radio guests in the studio with us today, and people that we are quite fond of. We're fond of their restaurants, their food. And now we're going to be friends. It's going to be great. We have Nick Perkins, the chef and co-owner of Hearts, Servos, and The Fly, and Aaron Crowder, chef and partner at Servos. Welcome, guys. Hi, y'all. Nice to meet you. <laughs> so that first hello was Aaron, and the second was Nick, just so you know voices. Um, <laughs> all right. So the occasion of why they're joining us today of all days is that in just about a week, um, they're going to be heading off to Feast, as well as Katie and Hannah are going to be heading off to Feast Portland. We're ready. We're so excited. There's I'm a, hungry. Yeah, we've been, we've been preparing <laughs> for lots and lots of delicious food, new friends, wine, all the good stuff. I'm missing out this year. I'm very bummed, but I'm happy to be going to a friend's wedding. It's, it's okay. We'll miss out on a lot of good food. Why doesn't everyone tell us what's going to be going on for HRN, for Servos, for Hearts at Feast? Well, do you guys want to start with your events? Sure. Uh, we're doing three events. Uh, the first one, we're doing a kind of after party for Bon Appetit. I'm not exactly sure who else will be there, um, but we are currently trying to figure out actually how to get a mobile rotisserie uh, oven to hopefully do some kind of fly basically take the fly on the road uh, for that after party. And then we're doing... I might have a connect for you on that. We'll talk about the show. So that's going to be rotisserie chicken and french fries. Rotisserie chicken and french fries. We try to like, when we do an offsite event, we usually try to like uh, keep it really simple. Um, So yeah, that kind of hangs in the balance of like whether or not they make a rotisserie machine with prop that like (laughs) works off propane. Somebody does. Somebody does. I'm sure. Um, There are, you know, They'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> so hopefully uh, we'll be doing that. Um, then we are doing um, a Hearts event in, uh, with like some other Hot 10 alum um, that should be really fun. 
Um, Tom from Bad Saint in particular is somebody uh, who's who we've met coming up to New York, and he's great, and we're really excited to be with him. Um, and then uh, there's actually a kind of perfect event for Servos called Vaguely Spanish, uh, <laughs> which really kind of describes Servos, uh, and um, so we're doing that. We've always kind of said... Servos was Portuguese-ish, or Spanish-ish. Spanish. And I think that we've done pretty well with making it feel that way. So this is perfect for us. Yeah. So are there still tickets for Vaguely Spanish? Yes. I checked today. Okay, there are. good. There Thank are you. not. Sometimes we do <laughs> you this thing it. on HR and Happy Hour where we're like, we're going to do this really cool thing. We hope to see you there. And oh, it's sold out. I'm Although sorry. I should say, let's just break the fourth wall. We are recording this show early. So when you hear this, it may be sold out. I hope that you can go back in time and get your tickets. I'm sending out telepathic vibes to all of our <laughs> listeners to compel them to visit feast.org and check for tickets to Vaguely Spanish. And then did, did you mention the hot tin dinner as well? Mm-hmm. You did mention it. Yeah. Okay. So, the, and the hot tin dinner is like all the alums of the Bon Appetit best new restaurants list, mm-hmm. which Hearts was on in 2017. Not last year, the year before. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. 2017. It's very exciting. Okay. So we're going to talk more about the restaurants and your backgrounds in a bit. Um, guys, tell us about what we're doing at Feast. We're doing a thing. Uh, this year, you might recall from last year that we were at Feast. We did a two-day live broadcast out of an incredible Airstream trailer called Stream PDX. We had on something, we had like 20, a lot of 30 people. episodes. Uh, we had a lot of amazing people from the Portland food scene, some really fun interviews, and a lot of folks who had traveled to Portland for the festival. Uh, this year, we are going bigger, 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 bigger. And we're super stoked because uh, we're going to be part of a new event called the Big Feast, which is the evolution of the Grand Tasting, um, which this year is going to be bigger and better. It's on the waterfront um, in beautiful Portland in a big park. And we have a stage set up where everybody who's part of the Big Feast can come sit down, enjoy uh, a little relaxing time with maybe a snack or a beverage, and hear a bunch of live podcast tapings um, with amazing HRN hosts. Uh, we will be there with Jeet and the wonderful Liza Ham and Dana Cowan. We will have Jenny and Alex from Tillit and Opening Soon joining us for guest interviews. We've got our good friend from Portland, Elias Cairo, joining us for guest interviews. We'll have Mike Hewitt of One House uh, and also another HRN host joining. And um, it's going to be really, really fun. We have um, some really cool interviewees and really excited about the kind of public-facing activation this year. So come chill with us at the Big Feast. Take a break. We, we know you're going to need it because uh, you're going to be eating and drinking a lot. So come sit. Yeah, and you can literally chill with us, too, because um, rumor has it there's going to be some very delicious ice cream mm-hmm. very close by from our friends at Salt and Straw. So very, get ready. Very, very, very very close by. <laughs> uh, so, guys, when you went to Portland and did, like, a feast-adjacent event last year, was it your first time in Portland, or had you have you been before? It was my first time. It was not my first time. I have a lot of family out there that we actually stayed with. Um, all my cousins have kind of relocated to Portland. Um, so it wasn't my first time, uh, but... It was. We it got was, to stay in their beautiful non-New York apartment. Oh houses, yeah, which it was, was your for first us, time. Like, right? Way better than staying at any hotel. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It, last year was my first time in Portland. Um, we have a lot of friends there, and I've actually gotten to go back since um, for bonus Portland trips. But I'm really stoked about it, and uh, I I love the city. Uh, you know, everybody who we talked to before we went was like. Oh, careful, you're going to want to move here. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of true. I mean, it's so different from New York. I, I actually have that same experience where I, I felt like, this is amazing. I love every moment that I'm there. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I didn't actually want to... Mm. I, 
I, I felt like the New, same I way. I like New York. I, I really this like is my it first here. Time. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be my first time in Portland, and literally everyone has been saying that to me. Like, yeah. oh, careful. And I'm like, oh, God forbid I want to move to a cheaper place. Like, <laughs> I challenge you. Uh, although, barely. Barely. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> There's different things. Like, uh, you know, like the pho scene like the, mm-hmm. is unreal out there. Best and like, thing I ate all last year. Yeah. Did you, do you have a spot you can recommend for like... It was Roses, right? Fab, or maybe fab. it wasn't Roses. Maybe it was their other spot. It was Roses. There's another spot. Let me figure that out. Take it's, notes, Hannah. It's, yeah. they, mm-hmm. they, they do two different fuzz every day. Oh. Uh, and so, we and got lucky. We, we went to the day that had chicken pho, which is like right down our alley. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it would, basically was broth, chicken, and then all of the like normal uh, accoutrements. But it was literally the best thing I had that whole year. Yeah. It was, we eat a lot of food. <laughs> I bet. <Turns> out. <laughs> what are your other tips for Hannah's first trip to Portland? Yeah, tell me everything. I mean, the bars all... There's a really cool thing that happens with the bar culture there. You legally have to serve food in a bar. Love so it. So it's not mm-hmm. just where, like, New York, uh, you know, they put a rack of chips on the wall and that's it. Here, like, to be a bartender there, you have to know, like, the mm-hmm. basics of working a fryer. Uh, so, like, every bar kind of gets you know, incorporates that in some cool way. Like there will be bars that like just do uh, the place you went that like just did fried chicken. Uh, Perfect. (laughs) You know, it's good, but it's it's just banger. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all they do. Like uh, the place that we actually did the, the place. I mean, I was so impressed the place that we had the after party, like had this big um, backyard and, the bartender was like one bartender and she was like also would just cook really slim hamburger, you know, like four ounce hamburgers. Like it was, it's just, it's amazing, but it's like, clearly that's just like part of what you have to have in your repertoire to be a bartender in Portland. Um, and that's really, I, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. one of the most impressive things. Like they're, they're just taking it seriously and like late night at a bar when you're hungry you nice. can always get food yeah. good and good food and yeah. and like the portland food truck scene is more advanced than the new york one and i i say that not that um you know i think we have wonderful halal carts and lots of different types of food trucks here um but in portland i think the diversity of types of food available in food trucks is is further along mm-hmm. um and they have amazing komangai, which is not easy to come by in New York. I think I know like one place that I've been able to get it. But Portland's like, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll hit that. Don't worry. Um, yeah, someone was telling me that like there are public spaces that are demarcated off specifically for food mm-hmm. trucks in Portland, which would be so lovely to have in New York, especially like out here in Bushwick. If, like there was just a parking lot full of there's food trucks. That would be yeah. fab. Well, I know there's one place you. in Dumbo that does that. Like yeah. over by the waterfront. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just I, I think uh, the thing space for, space. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I mean Portland is just like they have a, they have a different restaurant culture. Yeah. And it's like a little, you know, it's a little less intense. I think that is mm. like a space thing. You know, I think that comes from like. Um, I mean, that's also to go culture. Like in New York, everyone goes out to eat because they don't want to be in their apartment. Yeah. But you, because of space. Because of space, yeah. <laughs> and then you, in Portland, you can go to a food truck and get some food and take it home to your mm-hmm. nice, spacious <laughs> house. Beautiful Pacific home. Northwest <laughs> wooden home. Okay, I have I have a cultural question for you. Then, do you think that if which I totally relate to? Like, I absolutely do this. Where I'm like, okay, my AC is not cutting it. Like, I just have to go out to eat tonight. Do you think that that detracts from the actual like enjoyment of? dining out in New York where it almost becomes a necessity and you're not necessarily always doing it to have like the most special escape time. You know what I mean? Like I wonder if in Portland it's, is it savored more when you actually go sit down? We're probably not the right people to ask if we (laughs) spend every night in a restaurant. (laughs) Um, So like I actually rather stay at home and cook in my extremely hot non-AC department than go out to eat sometimes. However, I think that that is a really good reason why restaurants are great in New York City is because there's a lot of people who need those spaces. Mm -hmm. And I think that we could probably attribute our success to treating our restaurant like a community space, you know? Like, this Mm -hmm. is a service that we have to make you feel great when you don't want to be in that weird, small room and and let's like talk more about some of these cultural things we've been talking about uh particularly with servos um you guys have some killer 
uh, bar snack type uh, dishes um, of like, I, I think tapping into more of the, the Spanish-ish, Portuguese-ish culture of like coming in, having some vermouth or having some sherry and having some olives and then some fish things. And like, how does sort of the, the approach of being a community space tie into like, can you come in? Can you have, you know, like a different type of experience depending on how you want to kind of handle the menu at Servos? I mean, I totally agree with you. I think, I think that like you can come in Servos and have, choose your experience you know, you can have just a couple of things and one glass of wine or you can come with someone else and have the full meal and I think that also like that's a, a really great way to eat and why people want to go and have eat at a place that's not a commitment to this huge thing mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. you know Cervos one glass of wine some clams some french fries I mean, it's kind of perfect. You're you good. Know? Probably Probably yeah. Yeah. And then you can do whatever you want after that. Yeah. I think so. the other thing is that, you know, it does work really well to, and, and this is something we have tried to do with all places, is like make sure that you can kind of do it up the way that you want. So you can come and have exactly that experience that Aaron was just talking about, or your parents can be in town and you can sit down at a table <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can kind of have the whole progression of like oysters and... Uh, appetizers and entrees and dessert and after dinner drinks you know like you can kind of stretch it out in that place or you can come with a friend have two glasses of wine have fries and call it a day or you can run into a bunch of friends and take over half the bar right at the fly <laughs> you can not also do speaking that. from experience or anything <laughs> um well one thing that this makes me think of so Gothamist wrote about the fly opening and one word that they used that I thought was interesting was multi-purpose. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is that it can be a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Obviously the menu plays into that, have building your menu in a way where you can do something small and light for a couple people or do a, you know, longer dinner. What else as you're opening a restaurant, what else goes into that thought process of maybe the way you design the space how the staff works, both back of house, front of house. What are, are you thinking of things in a conscious way of like designing it so that it is, it is quote, multi-purpose? Absolutely. I will say that all of, uh, of our three spaces, they've really like flowed from what, where we were at that time and what, what was there. So, you know, Hearts, I just wanted to open a restaurant and just give it a shot so that before I died, I would have, be able to, I have tried it, you know, I just like whatever happens in life, like at least I just want to give this a shot. Um, and you know, the, the, the space that we could afford was a 28 seat restaurant, uh, that was already a restaurant that we kind of took over and did like a just kind of basic cosmetic renovation for two months. And, and that was that, um, yeah, Servos was a little like, we, we wanted a bigger bar. We wanted like seafood counter like I had traveled to to Spain and Portugal uh and was really kind of inspired by that and our partner um uh Niles Fallon who does the wine and, and the front of house and uh Leah my wife uh you know we were all very much inspired by that and 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 Aaron and I had worked together for many many years and uh we're kind of trying to figure out how we would uh you know do a restaurant together and um uh, you know, he also took a trip to Portugal, was super inspired, and, and that was kind of like off to the races. But, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, they have kind of like flowed based on what, you know, what what was what we were kind of most excited about in that time. Like, I think, like, really, you know, we were really thinking like Portuguese seafood counter. That's kind of what we're going for um, with, you know, the seafood and produce of the Northeast. Um, so that obviously it's going to have a, a big effect on that. Um, you know, the fly, I think a little bit was a reaction to like how tiny hearts and servos are <laughs> and how, you know, we get so many requests for 10 top, like between eight to 10 people. Mm -hmm. We get so many requests for that. And I think that's just indicative of like most New York apartments don't handle 10 people well. Uh, <laughs> And so that's like our number one request and we really try to make it work and, and we do at both of them. But, you know, that's, uh, it's, 
it's hard. Uh, and, and kind of the fly was like, well, this is a big space. Uh, we want to like be able to just take, just to say yes to all of those people where it's like a bit more of a negotiation at the other two places. Are you finding that if you get a request at hearts or servos and then you tell them like, we can have you at the fly or are people willing to like make that sort of switch? Sort of. I mean, kind of in a, in a, in a, I think people don't, people don't see them that way. Um, I think a lot of like our regulars do like our regulars from the Lower East Side go to Hearts as their special occasion place. Our okay. regulars in bed go to Servos as like a night out on the town in Manhattan. The opposite. Yeah. I, yeah. I just got confused by what you said, but I get it now. Wait. No, no, he said he's saying. Oh, no, wait, no, no. You're, you're right. saying if you're you right. live in Bedside, you're going to come into the city yeah. and go to Servos as a special occasion. Exactly. Yes, totally. You're going to the other borough as an occasion. I, I'm, I'm so with sorry. you. I'm yeah, with you. Totally. <laughs> the people that live. Totally. I agree. I'm confused. So, my special occasion is where I stay home. <laughs> so, so our restaurant, yeah, our restaurants are like you know, 75 percent of our clientele are are all our regulars Neighbors. and are, yeah. are gotcha, people that live around there. And so the people that you know, yeah, like special occasion. There's just like a special occasion thing that people like you know travel for the other one yeah um but yeah but yeah so well let's talk a little bit bit about the fly because it is the it's the baby of the three um the big baby the big baby (laughs) um tell us well tell us why you decided to open a chicken counter with natural wine um i think that um the wine part came first, uh, and this well, the space really came first. It was a place that um, I would always walk, like walking to work. I would pass this place, Alice's Arbor, um, kind of watch them close down and watch the space be kind of vacant. Um, Niles and I saw it uh, kind of early on, and then just kind of uh, sat on it for many, many months, and they and kind of thought about what we might kind of do there. Um, I think that initially we were like, uh, let's open a bar. We were just kind of excited about that. Um, having opened two restaurants, we were just excited about having a bar. Um, and then, uh, the chicken really came after of like, what is, what would be a fun food hook? And, um, we kind of all, you know, like inspired by like a lot of French restaurants do rotisserie chicken as like a, as a very like. Um, kind of easy and comforting thing. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, that was kind of, that was the kind of basic inspiration. I think also at our restaurants, we use a lot more, we don't really use a lot of pork and beef. Um, you know, I think we kind of like stick to like fish and vegetables and like chicken, uh, and obviously lamb is a a little bit of the exception. Mm -hmm. Um, so it kind of like fit within that, but we kind of, you know, the, the initial inspiration was like, let's do a wine bar. Mm-hmm. Also, just to give, I think, Niles a little, Niles has all the, the wine buying for all the restaurants and like to give him a little bit of uh, more flexibility. I mean, you know, the Hearts wine list is coastal Mediterranean. The Servos wine list is Spanish and Portuguese. Um, uh, and, you know, the fly was kind of like, give you know a little more room to move like yeah. not having kind of specific parameters and then does having a menu where a good majority of it is around the rotisserie chicken you can order the chicken in a few different ways does that streamline sort of the way that the kitchen operates i mean sure yeah it's it centers around the rotisserie but i mean in general like all of these restaurants are you know kind of start with an idea and then it's and then they evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think like Aaron and I really with Servos, we thought that like raw bar would be this big thing. And we had like a big raw bar section when we opened an Servos actu- oyster bar. Yeah. We like, that's <laughs> what we really thought we were going to like, we were like, we're going to make a Portuguese, like a Spanish Portuguese oyster bar. Mm. And, you know, I think that like kind of the appetizer that, that you're, that you guys were kind of referencing earlier, like, the kind of appetizers and wanting to order a lot of appetizers kind of overshadowed the raw bar. Uh, and that's kind of where our inspiration was kind of most evident. And I think kind of naturally we moved away from that. And like, instead of having like five oysters and scallops and all of these other things, like 
now we just try to pick two amazing oysters, like an East Coast variety and a West Coast variety, uh, and then we, and then we kind of focus on the apps. You know, like that's a real, it was just a real kind of natural evolution, but or it feels obvious now, but mm -hmm. it took us a while to get mm -hmm. to that point. And, and the fly is in, in that process right now. Totally. Because it's uh, less than a year old. Yeah, the fly. I mean, the yeah, fly is less like. Than a year old. Yeah, the fly is like we're like okay, we we have to just rotisserie chicken. There's got to be a, a chicken sandwich to kind of, you know, to, to do with all the... That's my favorite. With extra rotisserie chicken. chicken uh, and, you know, just kind of these, like, basic things. What do you want? You want chicken and potatoes? Great. Yeah. And, you, like, that was just, like, we're just trying to get that right. And then... And now we've actually started, you know, be, stretching out a little bit more. And, like... And also, you know, I mean, just, like... I think it's important when you open a restaurant, like, you just you've got one shot with people. And so you just want to deliver like, this doesn't have to be the, the last experience you have or whatever, but like you just have to give a good, good experience, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like a, try to just, this might be your one shot with people, try to get them to come back. You know, we were just trying to nail like, um, really just turning the lights on, getting the beer cold, uh, <laughs> having wine <laughs> and like rotisserie chicken. Like that's like, it's literally, it's like, that's how, initially like that's how simple it is it's just like but all of that is no small feat right yeah <laughs> no yeah I, I i don't know and i say that as in like that's the hardest thing in the world yeah. I mean, uh with servos it was like we just want to be able to give people oysters and then do some appetizers off the plancha and you know cook someone a fish entree you know like mm. and give someone dessert like I, that i think we really learned that we are secure in our ability to like continue the process and like make food and make a restaurant work but in the beginning it's like let's do a b and c and the rest will kind of happen you know yeah yeah, yeah. Like, even with hearts i was just like all i want to be able to do is if i literally have to serve a tomato salad and a lamb burger and like when you come to hearts those are your two options like i'll have the tomato salad start and i'll have a lamb burger that's it but i just like just trying to nail that thing that's also uh, and so, so welcome. Yeah. It, it, you know, like, I, and there's nothing that I despise more than, like, an overwhelming menu with, like, way too much stuff on it. You know, you just, like, I don't know. Like, I want you to tell me, like, what's the, what's your favorite thing? That's what I want. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't need to, like, have every possible, like, craving under the sun, you know, so... I think like power to you. Well, yeah. but sh and then and then ultimately a lot of that comes from the staff, like from yeah. both the back of house staff and the front of house staff. You know, at the fly, the kitchen now we're trying to like stretch a little bit more, and and at Servos, you know, the staff has like our staff knows Spanish and Portuguese wine, like they are super locked in, and so they they're the ones that are now pushing. Um, Niles and Taylor, the GM, like they're the ones that are like, we want this. Like, does mm -hmm. this exist? Like, they're pushing that conversation and like forcing those two to like dig deep and like, you know, really like seek out the fun stuff. And, and, yeah. and you know, and like that. So, yeah, kind of start simple, try to like nail this like very basic thing, get the lights on, get the air conditioning <laughs> on, like serve someone a cold drink and like, uh, some food and then after that it kind of goes you know you're summing it up but it's not simple and that's why we have a whole show about opening restaurants on <laughs> hrn it's called um, opening soon everyone should check it out one thing really quick before we jump off like food um at servos you're doing some of your you have tinned fish but then you also do some of your own preserving we actually don't have much tinned fish okay um we have some like preserved anchovies that that come packaged already but for the most part and this goes back to the idea of like, in the beginning, we're going to do this, tinned fish, mm -hmm. and then realize that that's not exactly the way that we can do it practically. I just so, want to say that was initially, we thought that, that we would use like yeah. Spanish and Portuguese conservas more, mm -hmm. and we don't. Because it's, it's more cost effective, but also way more fun to just mm -hmm. make it ourselves. Cool. Mm -hmm. You know, like we buy clams and we steam them. And we put them underneath a really delicious broth and we put oil on top of them and then we can spoon them over things, you know, versus buying something that's in a can. Yeah. Um, I love eating canned fish, tend to fish. Um, but what I've found in creating a kitchen environment, it's, it's, it's really fun to make that stuff yourself and feel like 
connected to it from start to finish. And there's also, I mean, just from we really try to keep our price points accessible and kind of the only yeah. way to do that is that we're literally every scrap of you know if if we have a if we're a little slower and we have a lot of clams like Aaron said like we're going to steam those off at the peak of their of their like uh, freshness and exuberance and like try to preserve those to be used on a, on a tomato salad or like mm-hmm. the the belly from the swordfish that like didn't make a nice enough portion you know because it was too thin like we'll chop that up poach that in oil turn that into a dressing or like into something and so while i think we were excited about and and still are like when we travel we like bring back all these exciting cans yeah. for each other and um but just kind of out of necessity we have enough fish that we need to always be kind of preserving mm-hmm. and pickling and doing things with. That I mean, like, it's it, every day, every day there's something that has to be preserved. I think that's so uh, cool. In order think, to use it all, you know? Yeah, yeah. People have such a, like, there's a big emphasis now on like pickling, but I, pe- people think mostly of vegetables, but I, so I think it's cool that like, there's a focus at your restaurant on doing it to seafood. There's like nothing I love more than a pickled fish of any kind. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Aaron, we we, we have... love that stuff. We, yeah. We do it. Every uh, we do it every day in some sort of in some sort of way, you know. I want to hear about your Portugal travels and like, did you have, uh, th- like, did you have an epiphany in Portugal? Did you have, or did, were there moments where you just like felt drawn and knew that that's kind of what you were gonna do? So I've been twice now. Um, the first time I only went to Lisbon and I went for like a super short time it was before we were gonna open Servos. So I was like, gotta go, figure it out, and the. The, the most important thing that you can take from that food that is really successful is that it's simple. Like, we serve clams and vino verde at the restaurant. That's, like, one of the four dishes that don't go away. And it's it's our version of it, but it's the most stolen Portuguese dish. And it's probably the most successful because it is just that. It's garlic, wine, tasty clams, and parsley. And really, really good olive oil five things um so when you eat food there it's never like a super composed composed thing it's never like a something that someone you know spent three minutes plating it's literally like really good ingredient in just that thing and put on a plate and that simplicity is the thing that is successful in my opinion Cerebos well, is is very much that. Yeah. Insp- inspiration, yeah. Um, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to challenge you guys to some trivia. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's. A super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Thank you, Roberta's. We're back with Nick Perkins and Aaron Crowder of Hearts, Servos, The Fly. Okay, so it's time for trivia. And we're challenging you guys to trivia, but don't worry. There's so much uh, excitement and anticipation in the room. It is palpable. Hannah and Katie have not seen the questions or answers, so they will be on your team as well. So normally we have a theme for trivia, but because you now have three restaurants in your restaurant family, I've decided that we're going to play progressive trivia. Is it progressively harder? As in progressive dinner. It shouldn't Uh get progressively harder. Maybe a tiny bit. But we're going to start. It's just going to stay (laughs) absurdly hard the entire time. It's going to be the progressive dinner of trivia. So we're going to start at The Fly. The Fly is the name of the newest restaurant in the group. But who starred in the 1986 sci-fi movie also named The Fly? I didn't even know that there was a 1986 sci-fi movie called The Fly. Really? I think I know what you need to do tonight. True story. Whoa. Yeah. That that's you, I mean, the, that's Aaron, the takeaway from did, this episode. Yeah. I think. 
I don't, I don't do sci-fi. Well, really quick, okay, you really guys quick, have before, homework. before we answer it. <laughs> We're literally going to be, this is, this is, this is where this show goes off the rails. <laughs> every <laughs> week, every week. You really just well, like tapped into my PTSD. Really <laughs> like to embrace chaos, it's fine. So where did the, where did the name The Fly come from? Uh, the Fly was, Niles and I had always talked about, um, opening, well, okay, let me start at the beginning. Uh, Ed Hart's. Uh, I always wanted to, or before Hearts, I always thought a great name for a cocktail would be Mosca della Fruta, like fruit fly. Uh, and I was always shot down at Marlon Sons of Diner. They just like did not have any of that. And so I would have shot you down too. What, <laughs> literally, I was like, okay, opened a restaurant. Now I get to have my way. We're putting on this cocktail. Um, Niles came up with kind of a mezcal margarita. It's very delicious. Uh, it's, been the one cocktail that we never take off um we had always talked about oh it would be kind of cool if hearts had a little sidecar bar called mosca fly uh-huh. and then uh when we were talking about the fly that came back or when we yeah that came back up but um i think niles was sensitive to not being wanting not wanting to be like i'm the spanish wine guy uh because as soon as you like you know as soon as you have a name for your bar that is in spanish right. then uh, you see where I'm going in here? <laughs> got it, got it. Uh, and so, yeah, actually, I think my brother, uh, who's designed all the restaurants, was like, well, you know, the fly would actually be a really cool name. And mm-hmm. kind of, that's what we went with. Chickens kind of fly. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Not, they're not the best H- flyers. Happy chickens fly, all not right. Not well. <laughs> yeah. Better than penguins, worse than they like hummingbirds. They fly better than me. Okay, well, back to the question. Uh, Hannah Katie, do either of you know the star of the movie The Fly? Jeff. Goldblum. That is correct. Love of my life. <laughs> well, then, so this is also like trivia and sharing. Yes. So we yes. so we get a point too. Like we're a team. Oh, you're a team. We're all yeah, we're, we're all here for you. Team. Everyone gets a point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This one is a pro- one. so we're progressing now. The next question is about Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's wife. <laughs> get it? See where we're going with this? Um, Jeff Goldblum's wife, Emily Livingston, is a Canadian dancer, aerialist, and contortionist, and an Olympic gold medalist in what sport? Think about the other things she I does. Mean, gymnastics, what, right? Yeah, I think it's gymnastics. You're close. Figure skating? No. Ugh. Swimming. Be more specific with the gymnastics. Rhythmic oh. gymnastics. There you go. Oh, good. Very good. I know she's very athletic looking on Instagram. <laughs> she is athletic. I she's thought an you were going to ask us who Jeff Goldblum's wife was. I was like, oh, Jesse. I almost wrote a question saying that, like, Jeff Goldblum has had three marriages similar to you having three restaurants. But... <laughs> It was going to go off in a weird direction. So, um, Okay, so next question is, um, it's going to incorporate rhythm gymnastics. Stay with me. This summer, a new fashion line called Maisie Willen launched in L.A. The designer, Maisie Schloss, said her two main visual reference points were rhythmic gymnastics and robotics. Can you guess what celebrity fashion designer she previously worked for? What is it? Rhythm, rhythm R- gymnastics and... Robotics. Just think of like celebrity fashion designers. Brianna? I only know a few. Close. And they're all from Project Runway. Is it one of them? Hannah's not far they're like, Are they more a celebrity oh, versus... Celebrity celebrity okay. or more celebrity, celebrity fashion designer? <laughs> Take uh, it away. Robots and rhythmic... Oh, wait. Same wait, genre. It's gotta be like Kate... Not, well, not same, same genre, genre as Rihanna. Rihanna. Wait. Music... Oh, genre, like not the same musical genre. Uh, Well, I was going to say like Katy Perry or like. But I know, I obviously know. Think about. Think sneakers. Think who designed sneakers and is a celebrity. Kanye? Yes. Wait, really? Yes. Did I get a thing? Kanye is a fashion Oh, yeah. Yeezy. Yeezys. Did, every, did you know everything this? is skin tone <laughs> it's all just different varieties of skin tone it's, it, i feel it's, like there's a lot of khaki and army green yeah what i'm learning is That's that nick it's nick has clearly a lot more important things in his head than this <laughs> random trivia N- nick did not grow up with a television so uh i just want to throw that out yeah. right now that there's like some some serious pop like if you ask a question about the simpsons i'm not gonna get that <laughs> I, will I not have ask all the sympathy. I also grew up without a television. Really? Hippie parents. Yeah. 
Wow. I, uh, I I relate and I miss every reference and I'm I'm here for you. I, I feel like I've literally I, I feel like you're the third or fourth person that I've ever met. Oh but uh, wait. Oh but wait. Uh, had a television, but only watched things that were entirely inappropriate um, for grown up. It was all like movies that were made for like, you know, old French men and stuff. So very weird cultural references, but don't, like nothing, like any of the stuff. I meet people who are my age and they're like, oh, do you know this thing from Nickelodeon? No. Yeah. Don't worry. We're starting a support group. You're invited. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. My, my advice I is feel like a real outsider. <laughs> make friends with people who grew up in the Hudson Valley because, uh, Literally everyone that I grew up with. Is really? Yeah. yeah. Hudson Valley's a weird place. We're here. We're here. I knew one other person in Chicago who, <laughs> growing up, who oh, didn't wow. have a television. Sorry, slight tangent. We that were talking. We were t- Katie and I were talking about this yesterday, and no one understood what we were talking about. So hippie parents. Ish. Ish. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever eat those like weird? Oh, yeah. um, Portable soup containers. They're like paper, paper cups <laughs> with a paper lid stuck on the top. Like McDougal's, Doctor McDougal. But they're like they're like 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 organic couscous with like freeze dried vegetables, and you just add hot water. So we were like bean soup. Yeah. And then there's a we were talking about the mashed potato yeah. one because we had lunch that we shall not speak of, but which involved bad mashed potatoes, and. Um, there was a, this paper cup. Hippie friends listening. Um, you know the paper cup. It was it's Dr. McDougal brand. Yes, it's is that. It's Will that, used to eat them because he grew um, up in Alabama as a vegetarian among oh. carnivores, and so he, he ate a lot of those. We have all the sympathy, but I actually yeah. really crave sometimes this one. It's like powdered mashed potatoes with powdered cheddar cheese and freeze dried chives, um, but it's very <laughs> warm and comforting. You guys were learning so much about each other today. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, Kat, where are we going from here? Where, where do you even go? We're going to places where Nick's not going to know the answer. <laughs> we, we, we're leaving Yeezys. We're leaving, we're leaving Kanye, we're, but we're going to talk about one thing about Kanye. On Uh-oh. that infamous night when Kanye took the mic away from Taylor Swift, oh. she made her VMA debut performing on top of what type of vehicle? I will give you a hint. It was in New York City. Taxi cab. Correct. Oh, ow. Carrying the team, Aaron. Did you know that, or are you just no, kind of like? No, she said it was in New York City. Like what? It was a good hint. The was it on a train? I don't know. <laughs> a subway car. Yeah. It's an MTA bus or <laughs> a rickshaw. Yeah. A pedicab. Yeah, it was on. A, it was actually on a horse. Yeah, a police horse. Yeah. Carriage cool. horse. All right, this is the last question, and we're going to take that ride on a taxi cab. Uh, taxi driver star Robert De Niro is known for his interest in food. He co-owns he is? Nobu. He co-owns really? Nobu, La Conda Verde, and Tribeca Girl. Oh. Who really knows how to I pick them? He loves Tribeca. Oh. I don't know if you've heard. He has a whole film festival there. Oh. But other celebrities are also getting into the restaurant game. We're bringing it back to restaurants, guys. What redheaded pop star recently opened an unnamed restaurant in London in a space formerly occupied by a Spanish eatery? I have a guess. Carrot Top. No. Oh. <laughs> it's the only redhead. I was going to say, good, <laughs> good guess. Good guess with confidence. I like it. Is he young? He's young. Ed Sheeran? Red Correct. Red? Who? Ed Sheeran? No idea who that is. Uh, I, I also feel like have no idea who I that think is. That's fine. You, you, we'll play it for you after. This has been my favorite episode because you guys are just like don't know, not on my radar. Well, wow. we'll I, have some romantic adventure in listening after this. You, you should have let us know that there was going to be trivia. We would have brought trivia for you. Oh. oh. Okay. So you're next time, officially next time. invited back. Now that you've been a guest on HR and Happy Hour, you have been inducted into a uh, prestigious circle. Of those who are invited to be co-hosts of HR and Happy Hour. And therefore in challenge case, us to trivia. you are welcome to challenge us to trivia. You just have to come back. We will definitely be back. You. you can pick a topic that we don't know. challenge is real. It's just on. prepare Challenge yourselves. accepted. I just, here's what I want to know. I want to know how many people have made, like, veiled references to the Fly movie that you have, like, just missed because you didn't <laughs> know it existed. Well, I mean, this is that thing where, like, now, now I will realize that I've, you know that that people are pointing yeah. out something that I've just not been a part of. Like people have been referencing, been the yeah. they've been referencing right. Goldblum around. And you're like, why do they keep bringing totally this guy like, up? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum <laughs> must be having a moment right now. Yeah. yeah. Wait till the day that he comes to the restaurant. That's all I'm saying. You need to really adopt this whole and like, then connection me. to yeah. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> and, there. and use it more. Yeah. How do we reach out to Jeff Goldblum? I think you just like I think on Antarctica call out Jeff with Jeff. a loud <laughs> yell and he comes. Jeff. 
Um, Jeff Goldblum for The Fly and then Kevin Hart for Hearts. There, I almost did a Kevin I, Hart question. I, I, but it was going to be too hard. I thought that like maybe he was in a movie with a taxi, but it was actually a movie called Ride Along where he was like in a police car. Oh. Guys, it was a real adventure and it was trivia today. You know, it was I just have the like jokes is, that we missed topic. Who is, who is Cervos' spirit celebrity? It's a really good question. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> Penelope uh, Cruz. Yeah. Honestly, Alice Waters came into Servos, and we both just died. That was just kind of it. That was like, yeah. That's what that happens. Was like, I wouldn't think all the There's... cooks and almost started crying. Yeah. Why'd you just bring She's that She's the up? best. Oh, I was just thinking, like, who is like this? <laughs> I was just trying to think of like who is like. There's a couple like. There's a couple celebrities that have come. Who is like the Spanish Alice or like Portuguese-ish Alice Waters? Is that Alicia one? Waters? Uh. <laughs> Alicia. Have you heard of her? <laughs> oh, that was sick. That was cool. That's We're going to think on that. Yeah. You guys are really good at this. You guys decide <laughs> decide who that is, and then the trivia next time can mm. be about that person. Cool. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, I just want to tell you my one like fact about movie references that we don't get. Like, I don't get almost all movie and TV references for reasons we've already discussed. But did you, have you guys seen Napoleon Dynamite? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Very, very funny movie, right? <laughs> yes. Um. Are you are you Mormon? Can I ask you that? No. So like neither am I. We apparently don't get most of the jokes. It's a Mormon humor movie. Really? And all the jokes apparently go way over our heads. All the good jokes. And uh, I used to work with two guys who are Mormon, and they couldn't believe that I thought that was a funny movie because they were like, "How would you understand anything?" That are was there going any on? examples of like wow. what what the jokes are we don't get? I don't know. I don't get them. No. Okay. Something about llamas and tater tots. This or is my I last guess. my last tangent is that I, being a New York Jew, felt the same way about Seinfeld, and I was always really confused how anyone understood what was going on. Because <laughs> like, I was like, like this? this is literally just like all of my relatives screaming at each other all the time, <laughs> and like. You know, like, my husband is from Western Pennsylvania, and he's like, oh, yeah, everyone watches Seinfeld out there. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not for you. So, yeah. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite isn't for us, but still yeah. love it. I, I, I don't... I'm, I'm not sure that I... Like, Napoleon Dynamite, I feel like, is an homage to, like, our... Awkward. To, just to, like, the night... Like, growing up in the yeah. 80s and yeah. 90s. Like I feel like it gets me. Yeah. Maybe there's there can be different levels, but I think. There's layers. Yeah. There's a lot of layers. Well, now I need to watch I mean, I was in FFA, so I get the FFA stuff. Like, Future Farmers of America? Future Farmers of America. What's the difference between FFA and 4-H? 4-H is for, typically, like, you do it when you're younger. I think you can do it when you're older, but then FFA starts in high school. You're not a, you you drop the ball. You're not a future farmer. She might be. We don't know. Yeah, I I still, there's still time. herb garden. I will say that I, the first time I saw it, or the first and only time I saw Napoleon Dynamite, um, I was at, dating an Italian woman at the time and I thought that it would be something that we would be able to watch together. <laughs> she could, she absolutely was just asked me right after the movie. She was like, are you an idiot? Like I could not understand <laughs> one. She didn't think there was not one thing in there that she thought was funny. She was like wow. this, you have like, and, and I was like kind of halfway through the movie. I was like, wow, this is like moon boots, like all of these things that are oh, amazing. Yeah. Like, you didn't. Moon Boots never made it to Italy. It, it certainly yeah. is a cultural, cultural touchstone. Yeah, for many different reasons. Also, yeah, I think the sibling rivalry is can resonate with a lot of people. I also just really appreciate Deadpan, and yeah. that movie is so rich in Deadpan. I mean, it, it like makes me cry in a good way. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Well. <laughs> Television uh, Where is did, out how did there, we get here? and uh, we don't know very much about it. But uh, <laughs> there, are, there are things that can surprise and delight anyone. Trivia, yeah. The next one will be trivia for people that didn't have television. Okay, <laughs> for okay, tri- trivia for nerds. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of granola? <laughs> <laughs> one time we'll have all of our like tofu meat substitute therapy session. Yeah. Oh boy, that's a whole okay. other topic. That's another. That's a trivia for another day. Yes. Um, Nick, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. This has Thanks been a delight. Thank you for having us. I'm sad I won't be with all four of you in Portland next we week. We can't wait but... to see you. Oh, sheesh. On the other coast. <laughs> <laughs> sheesh. Yeah. We're going to be there together. We're How... going to eat all the things. 
It's um, going to be awesome. Yeah, keep us posted on how the rotisserie, mobile rotisserie hunt's going. It's going to be great. I feel like maybe... It's kind of nasty. They can do anything. Aaron Franklin's going to be out there. I feel like he must have some sort of a rotisserie grill. Who is Aaron Franklin? From Franklin's Barbecue. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, Aaron he's just not on, me. <laughs> he's not on TV. <laughs> um, yeah, he has Aaron, Aaron uh, Franklin's Barbecue in Austin. I know that... He, I know that we he has, Austin. We need to go and Austin. he's a good person. We've never been Austin. He's a good person. Absolutely. He does. He has rotisserie like we only brisket good grills. Great. Some yeah. somebody has like a rotisserie grill that they've built. I guarantee well, it because my dad has one, but it's in Alabama, and I don't think it will get to Portland very easily. I mean, Michelle last year like had all those meat hooks for fire. Oh, for there were swinging. chains. Like there were chains and hooks and fire pits, and I, I'm going to connect you with some people, Nick. It's going to be okay. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. As long as you save us some chicken. Seriously. Gotcha. We're coming. <laughs> and some vaguely Spanish. Yes. Yeah. Quote vaguely Spanish. Gotcha. Again. Go get those tickets. If they're yeah. still available, we don't know. We're, in, we're living in the past. So good luck out there in the present day. Godspeed. All right. I think that's our show. Thanks to Amanda, our lovely engineer, for making us all sound great today. I think she may be gone. It's okay. No, she's definitely oh. there. She's working. <laughs> I can't see you through the window. Um, thanks, Amanda. Um, that's our show. We will be back next week with a new episode, which will also be recorded in the past because the team's going to be going to Portland. We are uh, not only traveling through time, but also through space to provide <laughs> you with two back-to-back episodes of HR and Happy Hour. Yes, but uh, don't forget to tune in for our live coverage of Feast Portland um, Saturday and Sunday, the 14th and 15th of September. You can listen at heritageradionetwork.org slash live, and everything will be available in podcast form after the fact. So tune in. If you have any Portland recommendations, at me, baby. At her, at her. And huge thank you to Le Creuset for being our presenting partner for our podcast whole shebang at Feast and we're also really excited to be teaming up with Salt and Straw. So look for delicious ice cream, which we will be eating out of beautiful stoneware. So um, be jealous. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.